Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio, with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms, and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Positivity Podcast on Enfield Index. My name is Matt McElroy, and I will be today your moderator for today's discussion. I am joined by Lubo Murkoff and Paul Jenkins. How are you doing, guys? I'm good. Doing I'm good. Matt. Doing good. Good. Fantastic. Well, before we get started, I want to note that we are recording live today on the Anfield Index Discord server. Um, if you haven't joined the Anfield Index Discord server yet, I highly recommend it. It's a good place to have a, a lively discussion about uh, Liverpool-related topics. Uh, if you are listening live today and you have questions as we go through the show, go ahead and pop them in the live show, live show chat. So, to start our discussion today, we have a question from Mr. Ecker. What is the funniest opinion you have seen about Liverpool? Lubo, you want to take a swing at that one first? Uh, so, yeah, I saw Thank you, thank you Mr. Ecker, for, for this question. I, I saw it, and I think the one that I want to talk about a little bit, and I, I tweeted about it as well, and we've, it's been discussed on a few podcasts. Uh, I think that the, the Under Pressure uh, podcast uh, gentleman spent quite a bit of time discussing, but it is around, it's about the, the, high, the high line. And I just find it hilarious how it, it seems that, uh, especially journalists and, and pundits, and, and, but a lot of people in the UK are just absolutely losing their minds about the, the high line and, and Liverpool's uh, tactical decision, strategic decision, if you will, 
to just keep a very high line and try to keep uh, opponents offsides. And and the numbers are spectacular. I mean, we, we Liverpool catch more opponents offside than anyone anybody else. Uh, but that just seems to grind everyone's you know people's gears. And it's constant discussion point. And I, and I don't watch a lot of the highlights on, on UK, UK television. So for me, I, I don't see this much. But it sounds like whenever they have match of the day or any sort of highlights, they just focus, they as in um, TV commentators, focus all the time about all of the um, shots that the opponents would have had if, if they were an offside. And it's just... Such a, such a brilliant narrative uh, because one, clearly Liverpool are very successful. Two, it's just how people are just absolutely losing their minds about it. And three, it creates this narrative as if the high line is actually terrible and it's not working and, and Liverpool should, should stop doing it because it's creating all these chances for opponents and it's absolutely the opposite. And I, I, I think it's brilliant and I just... I hope that obviously, and, and I assume that that, that uh, Liverpool will continue. But I just hope that we continue to catch. Sometime I would love to see a, a game where we have caught an opponent aside ten or more times, just just for the narratives and the banter. Yeah, like you, I'm always very confused. So, Paul, uh, what's your um, um, response to, the, to Mr. Ecker's question? What's the funniest opinion that you've seen about Liverpool? So, <clears throat> good question. One that I kind of thought about. And it's kind of more just in terms of relation to Liverpool than Liverpool directly. Um, I think it's, it, it, for me, <laughs> it's this notion that Chelsea were actually going to be challenging um, on the same, same level that we were. Um, and I think... Um, actually, throughout uh, throughout the season, I've kind of had this running debate with with people on multiple platforms about um, how good Chelsea actually were, and I just I just found it hilarious that that so many people were like, "Yeah, Chelsea are going to finish t- finish above Liverpool." Where you know, Liverpool even Liverpool fans were kind of going, "Yeah, this is going to be really difficult for Liverpool." They actually, it's not even City that we're competing with. It's going to be it's going to be the likes of United and Chelsea that we're up against. And you're just kind of going, "Honestly, people, have you not?" Have you not watched what happened uh, over the last number of seasons and actually seen, like, last season was just such an anomaly um, because of our injuries and, pe- and you know, players being played out of position, Fabinho and Henderson playing in defence and then leaving us leaving us weak in midfield. And you're just kind of going, do people not, not realise that, yeah, OK, Chelsea won the Champions League last season, really good performance, done well to get there. But actually, when it came down to it, they weren't even, like, close to being on our level and I think kind of uh, just what we've seen over the last you know especially the last couple of months just where City got that you know that 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 12 point advantage in inverted in inverted commas that that you know um that were so far ahead of us and 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 people were going oh yeah you know Liverpool not chase that down yada 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 and here we are we're sitting now literally um if we win our game in hand against Leeds and we win our game against City we'll We'll probably go above them um, if if everything else between now and then goes the right way and just kind of going. And Chelsea, like I just go Chelsea and our like our rear view mirror. They're like way behind. They're not. They're not going to. They're not going to struggle to get top four. Obviously, they're not going to be. Um, they're not going to be in that uh, battle for fourth place. Third's pretty much cemented to them, but they're really not 
on our level. And it's just kind of been like, I've said it from the start of the season, you know, City and City are our main competitors. I have felt that like, we won't have a problem up against, uh, you know, we won't have a problem challenging for the title. Um, and it was really just going to be between us and City as to who was going to win it. So, yeah, for me, it's just that thing that Chelsea were actually good enough to try and compete with us. Yeah. Go ahead, Lubo. If I ju- yeah, if I could jump in, they, uh, there was uh, around November is when uh, Chelsea were anointed the the the, the Premier League uh, uh, <laughs> champions. I remember late November, and I want to give a plug to a, to a uh, Twitter thread that uh, Dan Kennett. Um, uh, you, if you follow him on Twitter, or if you don't follow him on Twitter, you can go and find him. And uh, he had posted a, a, a thread which is was looking at Chelsea and how just hot they were running on both sides of the ball. Uh, both offensively and defensively, and from an analytical perspective, you just knew that eventually they were going to cool off on one or both sides of the ball, and you knew that Benjamin Mendy was not going to be the greatest goalkeeper in the history of the Premier League, and they were going to come down to earth, and it, it just so happened. And the reason I'm plugging that, that thread, if you go in, literally uh, Dan uh, said something that something some around January, Early January, we might start seeing that that reversion and and that it would catch up with Chelsea, and that's really what what, what happened. So it was a, a good a good um, a good advert uh, for analytics and and looking at looking at results and trying to understand how much is how much is real versus how much is just luck. Um, and just the other point to make is you know absolutely uh, Chelsea made that run in the Champions League. They beat Man City in the final, which is Obviously, kudos to them. But if you just look at uh, Thomas Tuchel in the league, he's averaging about two points a game. So it's, yeah. it's, it's since he joined uh, a year ago, which is, yeah, it's good. Two points a game gets you basically in the Champions League, gets you, you know, third or fourth. But now with Liverpool and, and, and City being as strong as they are, you just cannot compete for the title averaging two points a game. No, that's, that's definitely not enough. The other thing that you can't do is run hot forever. So they were, you know, really hot to start the season, like, um, like Dan pointed out. And, you know, that, that reverts to the mean. And eventually you end up where you should be, which for Chelsea, that's third place. Um, yeah. So uh, my answer to the question is a little bit different take than, than both of you. And it's more of like an observation on uh, certain sections of uh, Liverpool Twitter culture. Um, you see, you know, from time to time, there are these like FSG accounts out there, um, and and one of them is, you know, had periodically over the years, like posted the same rumor as if it's insider information that FSG is finally selling to an Indian billionaire. Uh, so the, the right, uh, so the. this Indian billionaire. And then there's a couple of giddy, like, victory lap posts, like, they're out, they're gone. Yes, we did it, we won. <laughs> and, you know, you're looking at this going, huh. And, like, step back and think things through for a minute. He's like, if they've sold 51%, they're still in the club. And if you're, <laughs> and if you're an FSG out person, I assume that, like, your main goal in life is to have FSG completely disassociated from Liverpool. 
But here you are in your fantasy on Twitter posting that they've been sold. But it's only a, a, like a 51% share. So I just find that hilarious. Yeah. So actually, if I could jump in here. So a uh, yeah, couple ahead. of things. I, I ended up going down the, 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 the downward spiral or the, or the wormhole or whatever the expression is to understand a little bit because it tur- there's one account on Twitter that's been posting this, this uh, claim about these Indian uh, you know, billionaires. It feels like every year for the last decade. And there was actually interest from these two, uh, the, these Indian billionaires back in 2010 in May of 2010, obviously before FSG bought, uh, and they were rumored, but I don't think it ever materialized. Uh, they were, I believe, they own a cricket. They're obviously very rich, and I believe they own a, a cricket club in uh, in Mumbai. But since then, one of those the two uh, would be owners has been in prison, in and out of jail for you know various unsavory things, and I think he was released on bail and now he's trying to stay out of of prison so the fact that this story which maybe had a little some legs maybe some some potential back in 2010 that people keep bringing it up every every year or or a specific person keeps bringing it up every year uh is quite hilarious but the other thing is apparently that person uh, himself i forget what his latest iteration on twitter is but apparently he's one of the very uh, infamous scammers on Liverpool uh, in the Liverpool account or Liverpool fandom, going back to old uh, uh, message boards or, or, or chat boards back in the uh, early to mid two thousands, um, and he's 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 a well known scammer, and apparently he just uses this as uh, this this rumor as FSG finally selling to sound like an ITK. And to try to gain, uh, get uh, gullible people to to fall for his scam. So it is it is weird. All of these side stories to this to this rumor, pretty unsavory side stories, it's, and are are quite hilarious. Uh, since we last recorded, Lubo, can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay, you went, sorry. you went dark for a second there. Sorry about that. Um, so uh, to get back to recapping the results of um, from Liverpool since our last podcast, um, they started off with a 3-1 win against Cardiff in the FA Cup, and then there was a pair of wins against Leicester and Burnley. Uh, Last, in the last week, we've seen a 2-0 win uh, in the first leg of the Champions League round of 16 against Inter Milan, and then yesterday, a 3-1 win against Norwich. Uh, Paul, what has impressed you most in this recent run? I think, ultimately, you know, getting results, squad rotation, pushing, um, bringing players in who, you know, were on the fringes, uh, and still maintaining that ability to it sounds weird, but quite comfortably win matches and being able just to kind of to see out results, to see out the games. You know, we think, we think you know, probably the one freshest in the mind aside from yesterday is the likes of, of Inter Milan. And I actually think the Inter Milan game is pretty pretty similar in a way to uh, to yesterday's game um, against Norwich where, you know, 
first half, good performance, not a great performance, able to kind of control the game, dominate the game. Again, that idea of, as Lubo, as you said, about the high line and people, you know, people having this weird concept that, that for some reason, you know, Ender actually had, a, you know, a number of decent chances. And I think, was it the same with Burnley? It's just that idea that, oh, yeah, they've actually, you know, they actually gave Liverpool a test and you're kind of going, well, actually, statistically, and it comes back to what you said, Louisville, that actually um, they didn't. They were offside for all of them. So, like, you know, and yesterday was pretty similar. And then that ability just to come second half and just up the tempo, up the intensity, and just get the goals. Um, I think that's one of the most impressive things is just that relentlessness of how we've approached that. And it doesn't matter who the personnel are um, necessarily who's playing up top, whether it was Bobby and Jota, Salah, Mane. We've now got Diaz who's just come in and just, you know, should lit the place up. And it's just like, oh, wow. But then we even seen yesterday a cameo appearance from, from Divock who, you know, People didn't know whether he was still, you know, still kicking about Liverpool or what he was doing. You know, where was he? What was happening? And all of a sudden, he comes on yesterday. Plays essentially, you know, middle two with Diaz up top, and you're kind of going. Even he's a nuisance, causing pulling Grant Hanley out of out of position for the goal. And you're just going, you know, th- these players that we have about. It's just so incredibly good over the last five six games just to see that we are. Um, taking our chances in the end we're we're comfortably winning games comfortably dominating games and comfortably doing rotation um we're not there's there's minutes being managed there at a really really impressive level you know trent trent wasn't even in the squad yesterday um and we were able to have gomez play 90 minutes we were able to have you know just the different players um uh, and 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 Kanata have been rotating you know tiago's had a chance kudas had a chance to play it's just been really really positive from that side of things for me yeah definitely the you know to me we're getting back to um sort of where liverpool was at the end of 2019 where when you're watching the games, it's no longer quite as nerve-wracking, right? You just yeah. sort of know that in the end, they're going to do what it takes to get the win. And, exactly. you know, like... I, I much prefer watching the games that uh, I know that aren't in doubt. So, Lubo, what what has impressed you most about the most recent run? Well, a couple a couple of things. Uh, one is, um, if you think about January and February, it, it historically has been the worst period for Liverpool under Klopp. We've always stumbled in January, February. Is that, you know, this is usually the time when we would get knock, knocked out of the of the FA Cup, and some of that was obviously we would just get some really difficult opponents in the FA Cup, but. But regardless, even in the league and in the Cubs, January and February has historically been a, a, bad, uh, a bad period, right, to, to get results. And I think this year, we've actually, January and February so far, knock on wood, have been phenomenal. After that, mm-hmm. um, the, last, the last game in, in, the le- in the league where we dropped points was at Chelsea. And even then, there was a, a, bit, of, a bit of bad luck with, with just how they equalized and the, uh, how they scored their first goal. And 
ultimately how they equalized. Um, so, but beyond that, the fact that uh, we had even more reasons to to have bad results in January and February because of Afcon, and then because of COVID ball. I mean, you, you, you saw what happened is just with late December, early January. You know, Omicron also finally arrived in Liverpool as well at, at the training center. So, a lot of things were stacked against the team, and you you could see okay if 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 historical patterns had held and. Most uh, uh, Sadio and Naby gone to Afcon, and 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 uh, the the fixture congestion with the two semifinal games in the in the Carabao Cup, you could you could see how there were some concerns. I was a little concerned: would we have a bad January? Would we have a bad February? And the fact that the the, the Liverpool were, was able to basically advance in in the EFL Cup, advance in the in the FA Cup, and granted the draws have been. In the FA Cup, have been have been fairly uh, friendly with Shrewsbury and then Cardiff City and now Norwich, but it's just to overcome that January February period to overcome COVID ball to overcome some of the injuries uh, that uh, that uh, we've had in midfield to overcome losing uh, players to Afcon and still be in a shout or really in a, in a good position in all four competitions coming into today has has actually to me that's been the most the most impressive uh thing about this team just that resilience i have to say i i was not expecting to to have all of these good results long may those continue but but uh, mm-hmm. i i was i was a little bit i mean listen i was hopeful right i was positive but i was you know i was fearing a little bit there would be one or maybe two games where we wouldn't necessarily yeah. lose it but like okay, where's the banana skin, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 Norwich, the way it started yesterday, you know. Well, let's say the second half when they scored you. Uh, for a second, I thought, okay, is this the banana skin? Is this where we we get we get football the way we did at Leicester City, right? That was a banana skin. That was just a game we should not have lost, given yeah. all the chances we could have scored three or four goals by the time they had their their goal, right? But yeah. yesterday, just when when Norwich City scored, and I thought, okay. For a second, but then you immediately saw the reaction, the, the changes that, that Klopp made, and that's another really positive, just how well those changes have worked out, how quick the reaction was, scoring not just the equalizer, but scoring the second goal, making mm-hmm. it comfortable, controlling it. It's, it's just been so good, so good. So I, I just hope that we continue with in, this, in this vein in, on Wednesday at Lee, against Leeds, and then, and then uh, obviously Sunday against uh, Chelsea. I think um, that just you very quickly touched on it there. Just just even Klopp's substitutions and kind of in-game management. No, I'm not uh, like I'm not. Everyone knows I'm not a man, not a critic um, uh, of kind of of his coaching style and all the rest of it. But I just feel like it's just been really positive in those changes that he's made in the games. And maybe that becomes maybe that's as a result of having kind of more depth on the bench to be able to just like. But but yesterday, just that idea of switching four two four, and I think uh, was it keep you up in 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 the chat yesterday was kind of saying that the last time we really did that was back against City, uh, and and it was so good, um, and yet we haven't really seen that since then. But then that ability yesterday just to switch up into that um, that formation again, and just to 
just to blitz Norwich for 10, 15 minutes and go, hey, we can play like this, smash, 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 get three goals, and then nearly just drop back into a 4-4-2 and just kind of control that game out with Sadio and, and, and Mo, just kind of, like the interchangeability we have up top and on the wings, and just it's just it's just impressive to see how that has come about since since the turn of the year. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, so, I, sorry, Matt, I keep yeah, yeah. Off. I think that uh, yeah. So I think that you know the the fixture congestion here, where, where we have a game every you know three. Need to make a substitution, but Klopp waits a little bit longer than he should. But now that there's so many games, he's making these substitution decisions based on uh, the sports science and making sure that he's preventing injuries and keeping people's legs fresh. And so he's doing it a little bit quicker than he would would in a different situation. So I think that, uh, you know, in a weird way, having so many games is actually benefiting um, that sort of rotation. It is. It is. Uh, obviously, having having a lot of players available, having a lot of games that then they can pro- properly give minutes and, and manage manage rotations. But just having quality players available, finally available uh, as as options on the bench. And I'm saying finally, not because these players just showed up, you know, two weeks ago. It's just they're now mm-hmm. healthy, right? We, we're over yeah. our injury, uh, and hopefully. You know that that continues. Hopefully, uh, uh, Bobby and and Diogo are back soon. But you know, when you have uh, Thiago on the bench, I mean, yesterday Fabinho was in the bench. When you can bring in impactful players that that are, are match fit, they've been playing, they've been getting minutes, they've been staying in rhythm. Now you can bring them in. You can bring them in early, if you will. You can bring two or three at the same time, like he did at at at, at Inter. Um, yeah. That that really makes a difference. But the other thing is just the psychology, is is the fact that um, I think that when when you bring in players, and sometimes you make changes and it works and and it's great, and sometimes you make changes and it doesn't work, and it's like it happens, right? But the fact that the last few times Klopp has made uh, substitutions, has changed tactics, has changed the, the the formations a bit, the fact that it's worked out, I think it just gives so much confidence to the players. To yeah. know, okay, because then they believe uh, that they're going to have an impact when they come in. When the players that are in the pitch, when they see the subs coming in, they'll feel okay. We're going to get a boost. But then it makes it so much easier for Klopp and and the coaches to convince the players <laughs> to to just believe that 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 the changes that they'll make and and the, and the formations that they put uh, put on the pitch are going to work. And and that confidence is huge. Yeah, it creates a virtuous feedback cycle where everything sort of builds on its on itself and yeah. they they continually, you know, start to believe more and more and then as a result, you know, how they're playing on the field just gets better. Um so totally. I, I think that that you know, the fact that we have so many games, it, it is more like the the Christmas period uh in in previous seasons and so you know, under Klopp, Liverpool's been very good when there are a lot of games all at once. And typically in that January, February time is when the games get spread out or you miss a week here or there with, um, 
with the FA Cup and and stuff like that. Yeah. And and this year it's been like the opposite. So like the Christmas period was the one that got disrupted by when their Liverpool is just racking up all the good results. One of the questions that we had come in from from Discord was from Willology, and he wanted to know how we are feeling about the the depth that Liverpool has right now. Lubo, what do you think? So, um, depth. I, I feel so. I feel like Jurgen Klopp all of a sudden. So, uh, what what I was saying before we got cut off <laughs> in the previous previous recording that we made is that I like to watch um, the, the the press conferences that that Klopp has at, at before the games. Usually, it's in the morning for me, seven seven thirty. So, yeah, I, I would have a cup of coffee. And I would just listen to Jurgen Klopp berate various journalists, which he's been doing quite a bit lately, and it's been very enjoyable. But one of the things he's been very he's been asked a lot about is the depth. Now he's got uh, squad depth. Now he's got quality depth, and he keeps getting asked about it. And he's he's just very touchy about it. And he said, you know, the moment you guys start talk- asking me about uh, depth is when I start getting messages from my from a medical staff that, that people are injured. And that's why I hate talking about it. And now I'm positive about the depth, but I, I, I'm also a little bit, um, what, what's, 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 the, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I'm a little you paranoid to, I'm sorry? You want, you want to touch wood when you're talking about it. Exactly, exactly. Because that's exactly what happened. You know, we had uh, the, the game uh, at Inter Milan and uh, Diogo gets his ankle twisted. Bobby, Bobby, after the game, uh, has some mysterious muscle injury. Nobody knows about it. So, uh, so from that perspective, I'm a little bit apprehensive now to be too positive. But, but we do have to. It is the positivity podcast, and we do have to speak about it. And I think that uh, what, what, what has happened the last couple of years, because of all the injuries that we've had, first to the center backs and then to the midfielders, is I think there's a little bit of underappreciation of how good and how deep this Liverpool squad is. And part of the reason is just we've had the players, Klopp has had the players, every year been adding two or three players uh, that are players that really come into the, the main squad, come into, some of them come into the first 11. But because the, the last two seasons have been so disrupted by injuries, first to the defense and then to, to midfield and even a little bit to attack now, there's never been a full appreciation by a lot of people uh, just how deep the, the team is and not just deep across deep in some positions, but deep across all positions. And it just dawned on me when we, uh, when we saw the team at Inter Milan, right? And in the Champions League, you actually have the starting 11 and then you can have 12 subs. And even with the 12 subs, there were a couple of senior players. I think Curtis Jones was one. Um, Adrian, who is the third goalkeeper, but so you wouldn't expect him. But there were uh, senior players who couldn't even make the bench. Never mind some of these young uh, academy players that usually you see in the Champions League. Maybe at the end of the bench you get a, a Kay Gordon or a Tyler Morton or or, or someone you know Dixon Bonner, who we've seen. There was no room for them, and that is I, the fact now. As I mentioned. That, that a lot of these players, they've been on the squad, in the squad, they've, been, they've just not always been available. Now that hopefully we have everybody or most everybody healthy, hopefully Diogo and Bobby are back, I think we're now fully seeing and realizing how, uh, you know, what a deep and quality squad 
Liverpool have been able to build over the last uh, two, three years. I mean, obviously, uh, Luis Diaz coming in in January has helped. But even within, within, without Luis, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm very happy that he's a Liverpool player. But even without him, you still have a, a Divi, you still have Taki, who have done very well when they have been on, on, on the pitch, when they've been asked to play and contribute. They've done very well. Lewis adds an extra dimension, but now that hopefully uh, we, we have everybody healthy for a long period of time, we're now really seeing how good and how deep uh, this team is. Yeah, it's the the depth is quite impressive at this point. You know, even even like one or two injuries, and there's still like four or five guys there that are like top quality. Uh, you know, I think that a lot of people got, um, you know, like. Last season, losing all of your center backs to season ending injuries is like an extremely rare event. So it's like lots of people are snake bitten. Like, oh, if one person gets injured, it's just going to be like everybody gets injured again. But that's not like the thing that normally happens. It's normally there's just like one or two guys that get injured and everybody else stays healthy. And that's more like what we're seeing this year. We are. We are. T- t- totally. Yeah. Oh. So, go ahead. Paul. Yeah, Paul, go ahead. Yeah. So, kind of what I was thinking, <clears throat> did I see it? I think I see a chart the other day on Twitter that um, this is like one of the first times that we can remember where we have the least injuries of all the Premier League teams. Um, now, I think this is before then the, the kind of Bobby news came, but we had the least injuries across all the teams in the top flight, which is kind of, you know, when you look at where we've been over the last number of seasons, we've always kind of had a, a fair number of players who have been unavailable um, because of injury. Um, and I think, you know, since the start of the season, I've had a number of conversations with people just about the fact that we have squad depth and, you know, uh, tongue-in-cheek using the, the hashtag no depth FC um, because we had all these different depth charts about, oh, well, we've got this player, but he's not reliable. We've got this player and he's always injured, and yada, yada, yada. But here we are sitting, you know, nearly two thirds of the way through the season with the with the opportunity to really be pushing for the title and and get the narrative kind of around a lot of Liverpool fans has been no depth. We don't have depth of players. And I had a conversation with a guy um, last night actually, and who who was who was saying we need to bring in, you know, it's very clear and obvious that we need to bring in a right back back up. But I went, but actually it's really clear and obvious that we need to bring in a right back uh, back up. And I'm not saying that we don't need one, but what I'm saying is what I said last night was we've just come off a game where we played Norwich, beaten 3-1. Gomez played the whole game at right back. Yes, we missed Trent in the way that Trent plays and the creativity that he brings from that position. But we tweaked the system to allow the back four to play in a certain way. Um, And and at times, I think uh, it was highlighted in the chat, um, Olkin Cole, that we nearly switched to three, playing three at the back, and were able to then... To, to use those three centre-backs who are natural centre-backs and then progress through the midfield and the attack and just kind of going, yeah, OK, we're maybe not stacked in terms of like that right-back position. We let Nico go on loan. But there's, you know, there's a reason for that just because when we look at something on paper and go, oh, well, we don't have 23 world-class players across all, all positions, that 
doesn't mean we don't have depth. I actually think when you look at our squad, we have an incredible um, depth of, of talent. And what we're seeing is it's a really good blend of senior uh, Premier League players. But then these young players coming through, you think of Curtis Jones, you think of um, Harvey Elliott, um, Jota, who you know we brought from Wolves, you know these different players. We've Trent himself is still like relatively young in the whole world of of, of football, um, and you're kind of going with, like with, there's such a good basis for for going forward for the next couple of seasons. But even right now, like no one no one could have thought that Harvey Elliott was going to be the starting um, right sided number eight in the summer. Like that that just wasn't even kind of where our thought process was on that, and yet. Up until his injury, like that was, he was pretty nailed on to the games that that we played that he started. So, the notion that we don't have depth, I just kind of think it's just a really weird narrative because we do have depth. Do we have twenty three world class players? No, but I'm still of the opinion that we, you know, we're we're pretty well covered. Like Ox is not starting the, the big games for us, but it doesn't mean that in a game like Norwich you can't give us sixty minutes, and then you know substitute him out and bring in Thiago. Uh, or bring in, you know, bring on Diaz or whoever to kind of to, to kind of switch that system up. So the notion that we don't have depth just kind of to me is like that's a really random one because we do have depth, um, and and we've shown in these couple in these in the in this season that 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 it has worked pretty effectively for us. Yeah, the the depth is definitely a, a nice platform for which uh, Klopp can work. Um... So moving to our, our next uh, topic suggested by Phil Bartz, he wanted us to discuss um, uh, a quote from Jurgen Klopp on the, on the title race. Uh, so Jurgen in his um, press conference said, of all the problems I have, the smallest one is City. There isn't a minute when I think about it. We only have to win our football games and see if we come close. Uh, so Lubo, what, what are your thoughts on, on this quote from Jurgen Klopp? So, uh, well, first, that that happened before the games yesterday, right? So there, right. <laughs> there's one, or actually before the City game. So a couple of things. I mean, you know these players, and you, Mo Salah, and, and actually uh, Matt, you sent me that tweet again. Remember, in uh, was it in November, October, November, when Mo Salah posted yeah. a tweet? Uh, and October. Said, oh, October. We, and he said, basically, we have the players, we have the quality, we're going for everything. And you know it, it, he meant the league. He meant he definitely meant the league. But obviously, all the other all the other um, uh, uh, trophies. And at the time, we were you know we didn't know at the time. He didn't know at the time how far we'd go in the league cup or the domestic cup. But these players are extremely, extremely competitive. They want to win everything, and it didn't matter. It doesn't matter to them whether they were six points, nine points, twelve points behind uh, City. They're going to try to win every single trophy and so and i think it's up to down to well, down to club to try to manage expectations because club doesn't want to put too much pressure right he doesn't want to put too much pressure on the players uh, at least publicly he doesn't want to create uh storylines or headlines he doesn't want to give material to uh, pep then to use with his players but club, you know club you know that the players they're all Want they're going to be desperate to to catch Man City or at least to give a a proper fight until the last the last match day. So they they they're, they're thinking about it. I'm I'm sure that they were looking at they were watching the game yesterday. The the, the man 
the, the Man City Tottenham game, and they were as thrilled and as ecstatic as all Liverpool fans were when 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 Harry Kane scored that 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 last goal. So they they're going to be fired up. They, I mean, they are fired up in every game, but they're going to be extra fired up. And the the, the fact that they're in all four competitions, they, they know what the, what the expectations of fans of of them. But also, they they have those expectations for themselves, and we saw it in 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 what Trent said ahead of Inter Milan. It's on their minds. Yeah, I, they want. I have to I have the quote here. Um, so just um, the the quote from Trent was obviously not making any digs, but you look at Man City's amazing team that they haven't been able to lift the Champions League. They've won a couple of prems, but they haven't been able to win the Champions League. We've won both over the last few years. So it just shows we're able to do it in both competitions. I think there's an expectation now as a team, as players, to win trophies. Yeah. So he wasn't a dig, but it was a dig. Yes. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to make any waves, but I'm going to make some waves. Yeah. <clears throat> I, think, I think even in Trent saying that and in Klopp saying what Klopp said, and we've heard different guys throughout the season with their, you know, I think Virgil says some stuff and then obviously Salah earlier in the season. That They are, I think, just in the cup runs that we've had, especially in the League Cup uh, and now even the FA Cup, we'll, now we'll see when, when the team comes out, the team is, is picked for the, the Norwich game. But I think there's just been a wee bit of a mind shift change and a mindset change this season. I, I think in previous seasons, it's always been, League and Champions League and I think there was an element of maybe when we were a couple of games behind City and a, you know like nine points behind City there might just been a that wee mindset is the league gone we might not be able to do it let's focus a bit here on the Carling Cup and see how we get on if we get a trophy in that and get the Champions League that's still a pretty decent season but I think now there's just this there's just this real it just feels like even the players, everything is up for grabs and they're going to go for everything. Whatever's, whatever's set in front of us, it's, it's, it's a one-game-at-a-time mentality. And whether that's League Cup, whether it's FA Cup, whether it's Champions League or Premier League, one game at a time, we win that game and we go on to the next one and we're going to get as much silverware as possible. And I think that's probably born out of those quotes and out of those comments that we've heard from players over the season. Is this? It just feels like it's now not just two trophies and then whatever we can get aside to that. It's literally, let's just go for everything. There is the squad, there is the depth, there is the players there that we can do this. We have we're doing well with injuries and all the rest of it. Let's just go and let's just try and try and win as much as possible. And those quotes are kind of like, without saying it in black and white specifically, it, it kind of feels like they're just going, hey, you know, we've been here. We've won Champions League. We've won Premier Leagues. You know, we've won Cups in the past. We're able to go on and do this. This squad wants more. And there is that feeling that, you know, let's do as much as we can under Klopp and as a group of players for the club to win as much silverware as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, like, we're doing everything. What we're set up to do here in the run-in. So as we look forward to to the next set of games, um, what what do you guys think that the keys to the game are for the, the League Cup final? So, Paul, you want to get us started? Yeah, like I think 
the, the, you can have two. You can really have two schools of thought on this. Do you want to just go and attack Chelsea and 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 get at their back line, get at Mendy really quickly, um, and and get a goal nice and early? That's I think that's generally just the way you want to approach it. But the other, you know, what we've seen in the last number of games, if you look at Inter Milan, if you look at Burnley, if you look at um, Norwich, is the, the patient approach. Um, yes, create our chances. Yes, um, you know, break teams down. Let's go for it, but at the same time, let's let's maintain that patience and just that belief um, that we're we're going to get the result against them anyway. So I think even for Chelsea, it'll just be a case of playing our game. Uh, and I think you know, over the last couple of seasons under Klopp, we've reached that point where teams respect us when they come up against us, and I think even when Chelsea will come up against us, you know, there'll be that respect. There'll be that you know this. You've heard. Um, was it Inzaghi during the week uh, from Inter Milan saying that was Liverpool was the one team we didn't want to play and you know even after the game it was like oh my goodness like them as a team to, to even just be 2-0 down is, is is quite a good result for them um, so I think going into Chelsea it's just that mindset of just be calm and play our game Yeah absolutely uh, I, I think for me one of the the, the keys is going to have is going to be having both Thiago and Naby available. Uh, so in the mm-hmm. two games that uh, Liverpool has played against Chelsea so far, uh, those two guys have only played 15 minutes combined. And I think, you know, what we saw is Chelsea had the ability to to dominate the game in midfield, and that is just not going to be possible with Thiago and or Naby. Uh, on the field. And so having those two guys available, fit, ready to go in form, it's just like, I think that that is really, um, really what's needed for Liverpool to, to control the game, to take, you know, take it to them. Like you're, like you're saying, and, and get that goal and just, you know, do, you know, win the trophy. Uh, So Lubo, what, what do you, what are your thoughts on, on, on the league cup final? So it it will be interesting to see what approach Chelsea takes. So I, on the one yeah. hand, I agree. I agree with you, Matt. I think having uh, Fabinho, Thiago, and then the third one, I imagine Klopp will probably go with Henderson as the third one, especially since Henderson the last couple of games has uh, has has looked um, has looked good, right? So we'll see. May, he may go with that uh, trusted um, uh, trio, but I wouldn't necessarily. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Fabinho. Uh, Thiago and and Keita in in midfield because you want as many of those press resistant uh, secure passers who who can really hold onto the ball who can with with the pressure uh, because it will come down to to midfield control but also what you saw from uh, from Chelsea when they came at, the, at early in the season when they came uh, to Anfield and the first half while there was there were still eleven players. They very much sat back and tried counterattacks, yeah. and they scored. They had a couple of counterattacks with Lukaku when he could still touch the ball. It seemed, mm-hmm. uh, and and then they scored, you know, very low percentage goal from a from a corner. And then they sat back, and then obviously with ten men, they sat back in the entire second half. Um, but at at Stamford Bridge, they were very aggressive. They were pressing very high. Obviously, our midfield also was probably not the best midfield that you want for a team that is going to press high, but it was very much of a, of a madness game. 
uh, and we were able to use the madness because Liverpool are so good at using madness to score goals, right? And the two goals from from Sadio and 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 Mo were were brilliant, but they were uh, yeah. goals out of chaos. Uh, yep. But we also conceded a couple of goals out of chaos, right? And so yeah. I think it'll come down to, you know, which which midfielders Klopp puts on the pitch, but also which way um, uh, Tuchel wants to go. Because I could see him also just playing a much more cautious, much more controlled uh, 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 a game. So it could become more of a game of attrition, uh, you know, waiting for a mistake that could, you know, be a nil-nil way into late into the second half. Um, but uh, one way or another, I do think that Liverpool have the have the squad, have the players. Hopefully, no injuries until then uh, to 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 go toe to toe. And I I I think Liverpool are the better team. Um, and if you know, barring bad luck or bad refereeing decisions, bad VAR incidents, we we should we should win that final. Yeah, definitely. It'll be trophy number one of four. Yeah. That is correct. And, yeah. And I'm, I'm, we're, we're hoping that's going to be like the, the wind in the sails that starts to push us towards um, the next three. So uh, out, outside of the League Cup final, what, in the next stretch of games, what are, what are, the, um, what are the things you're, you're most looking forward to? Uh, Lubo? For me... Obviously, in the league, every game is the most important game. So now the game against Leeds on Wednesday night, it becomes so huge. First, because it allows you to, if you win that game in hand, allows you to move within three points of Man City. And I think psychologically, for Liverpool, for Liverpool's fans, but also for Man City, for Pep, you want him to start overthinking. You want him to start you know, feeling, feeling Liverpool's, you know, breath on his bald head. You, you want him to start doing things that he shouldn't be doing because he's starting to panic, right? Uh, so that in the league, every game is the most important game. Uh, but also uh, look at the other competition that's after that is the FA Cup. It's again against Norwich. Uh, it's the fourth time we will have uh, played Norwich in three uh, cups, which actually, ironically, I checked back. The last time Liverpool played the same Premier League team uh, four times in a season in three competitions was actually Chelsea in 2011-12 under Kenny when uh, we, we, won the, we eliminated them in the, in the League Cup. I think in the fifth round, we won the League Cup, but then we lost to them in, in the final, in the FA Cup final. So this is this now Norwich is, is, is again, similar situation where we're playing the same team four times in three different competitions. I'm hopeful that Klopp is going to take it very seriously. It is yeah. after the League Cup uh, final, so there will be a need for rotation, but we should be strong enough to beat Norwich at home and hopefully score three goals again. That seems we scored three goals in the last <laughs> three games against them. And, and that then now it puts, it puts you into the, the quarterfinal of, of the FA Cup. Hopefully with Inter, the two-goal lead that we have, we should move uh, further into the Champions League as well. Uh, so there, a lot of, a lot of um, excitement, right? I think definitely uh, Leeds, super important on Wednesday night. We have enough time to recover for that game. Leeds actually played today, so they have one fewer games, uh, one fewer days to, 
to recover and prepare, beat Leeds, beat Chelsea, beat Norwich City, beat Inter. Stay alive in all the competitions. And then really, then we have an international break again at the end of March. But then after that, you come back and, and you're really now into, into hopefully we have a trophy uh, already in the League Cup. But then you, you're deep into um, three competitions, putting pressure on City, putting pressure on everybody else in the Champions League, putting pressure on everybody in, in, the, in the FA Cup. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it, I, I've, been, I've been saying since the beginning of the season that the, we're winning the quadruple, but imagine it actually happening. It would just be unbelievable. It would be just ridiculous. Never been done. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's an exciting time. Uh, you know, for me, in, in looking at the, the games that are coming up, is um, Liverpool play both West Ham and Brighton. And so those are both teams that um, those games were a struggle in the fall. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Liverpool having an opportunity to get some revenge against them, especially since, you know, I think that the midfield is more healthy now. It looks like Virgil is getting more back to being the Virgil that's pre-injury. So a lot of the things that went wrong in those games uh, are, are being mitigated for. And Liverpool have a real good opportunity to get back at them and, and, and win those two games and just keep the, keep the ball rolling. So, so Paul, what, what are you looking forward to? So on a, on a, on a, uh, wider scale, I'm really looking forward just to seeing how Diaz um, continues his form and integration uh, with the team. He just seems to have hit the ground absolutely running. Um, he's flying. Uh, just uh, his his uh, ability to to play in our team uh, in our setup. You know, we've seen the game where he played with Robbo, uh, and you're just going to flip. You know, that, that even Robbo after the game was like, we actually did really well. Um, and so I'm really looking forward just from now to the end of the season to see how he does and getting this goal yesterday just allows him to kick on. Um, and and it's just it's just that I'm just I'm just excited to see how the players that we have all integrate and how how they come together to win us these four trophies, um, and and how that just spurs us on for for the future. So yeah, it's it's, it's not a specific game thing. It's more just as a team. I'm really excited to see how. Um, how we how we attack the rest of the season because I think we're going to attack it, <laughs> um, and so yeah, that's 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 what I'd be excited for. Yeah, I was very happy when uh, Luis Diaz got his goal yesterday. I think that you know getting getting your goal early on in your in your career can be such a help in 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 starting things off and, and making making like making things starting that, that virtuous uh, feedback cycle. So uh, as we look to, to wrap things up for the podcast, uh, I think for our schedule, uh, we, we plan to do this like every, every two to three weeks uh, as, as our personal lives allow. Uh, we'll try to get our technology issues sorted out by the, by the next episode. <laughs> so uh, Lubo, do you have any uh, final thoughts or plugs? Um. Final thoughts. I, I, I want to echo actually what, what Paul was saying about uh, Luis Diaz. And I, I think with the injuries to, unfortunate injuries to Bobby and, and Diogo, and again, hopefully Diogo is back to the, for the final, but even then he may just be a, a, an option on the bench. We had the game yesterday. We have the game against Leeds where I would expect to see the same uh, uh, striker trio in Luis Sadio. And, and Mo, and I, I'm, I'm just actually 
maybe that is the silver lining, not you know the lemonade with the lemons we've been given, but the fact that uh, he most likely Luis will get another game, another start against Leeds. I, I think Leeds may be the perfect uh, team for him to to continue to play because they're. I think he's got the perfect skill set to just run, you know, dribble. He's super fast, and with their man marking. I'm not sure that there's many defenders in, in that Leeds yeah. team or even in the Premier League that just keep up with him all across the pitch. So hopefully, if he starts, he has another good game, maybe another goal, and, and, and that gives additional, just extra time for, for him to integrate, to develop further relationships with, with the midfield, with, with the attackers, because I think that would be extremely important if, if, if those three, Luis, Sadio, and Mo, are, are the strikers for uh, for the the League Cup final? So I'm very very hopeful that he can continue to play. Um, I'm obviously hopeful that Diogo can come back. But uh, having having uh, Luis maybe get another game against Leeds, continue to integrate is going to be really um, really important. I'm really curious to see how he does, and I I I, I think we'll see a lot more goals from him. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm also expecting the same thing. So, so Paul, what are your, your final thoughts and, and any plugs you want to put in? Um, final thought just kind of around Leeds game on Wednesday night. I think um, we have an extra day to recover from that, which is, which is um, it's, it's really, really good. Uh, it's a positive thing to, for us to have. But also, like, see that Leeds game today? The rain was absolutely, like, laughing down, as we would say. It was, it was so, the pitch must have been so heavy for them. Um, so I would say for Leeds, they're going to be exhausted after that play. I know it was one of United they were playing. I know it was kind of like maybe not the most uh, dynamic of front lines that their defenders were up against. But there has to be an element of their legs have just been pulled out of them today um, with with the conditions, with the heaviness of the pitch, with the ball sticking so much um, and the way Leeds like to play. Um, so I think the, the like probably the worst possible game for a Leeds player after that today is a game against Mo, Diaz, and Mane. Like, I think if you're a Leeds defender tonight, you're going, oh no, Like we've only got a day left to recover, and look who it is we're playing against. So for me, it's just like, yeah, I think you know that's going to be it's going to be a good game on Wednesday. Hopefully, we get a, a nice easy win. And the other thing, just to plug, is if you're listening to this on uh, just the the free podcast, like I would encourage everyone who's listening on the free, the subscription is not a massive step up in, in terms of price to pay per year. If you break it down per month, it's really not that much. And the access you have on the Discord channels. Um, and all the rest of it is is the the cracks the cracks ninety. It's good to get involved with the banter um, and the discussion is free flowing. So it's 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 a good way to it's a good way to to kind of chat with like minded people. So get on AI Pro and get subscribed. That is a good place close um thank you for listening uh, and until next time um up the reds we hope you enjoyed listening to this anfield index show please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically there's nothing quite like fan engagement and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show the best way to get in touch is over on our free discord community where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now 
at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.